0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hey, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here with 1250 AM The Fan in beautiful uh, Hales Corners, Wisconsin, a.k.a milwaukee suburb whatever you want to call it uh hanging out here with our guys in the 1250 studios he is phil brylow two dollar phil you can follow him on twitter at brew city bowling you can follow dwight Albright from the spare time pro shop in new berlin at dewey 300 on twitter you used to be able to follow the commissioner of the pba tour <laughs> tom clark on twitter who i went to today and has no follow has following nobody uh like four how many fourteen thousand followers or something uh, on Twitter at Clark PBA. Uh, you can follow him, but he's done nothing in months. Uh, so, Tom Clark joins us. Uh, so, somebody hacked you, dude? What happened?
2: Yeah, man. I don't know. Something happened on my Twitter account. I, I, mean, I think I looked at it and I, I've made like 45,000 tweets promoting bowling. So, there's a great vacuum in the bowling world because somebody hacked my Twitter. I can't get back in. Twitter hasn't been able to help me. Even even Dwight's uh, nephew tried to help me uh, <laughs> get back in there, and I and I can't get in. So you know what? About three months ago, I stopped I had to stop, and I really haven't missed it. To be honest, I moved everything to to my commissioner page on Facebook. So yeah. PBA Tour Commissioner on facebook and that's Isn't where, that where old do.
1: people hang out is on facebook <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Did that work? you
2: got to remember man i'm kind of old you know so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more my crowd anyway you
1: know you get yourself on tiktok tom that's that's where it's <laughs> no, all about no, no, no. you gotta be a happy dude on tiktok tom <laughs> all right so i want to i want to just start this off so um we had uh jeff Reels on last week and He said the phrase that you saved the PBA tour pretty much. In his mind, you pretty much saved it. I'm curious about something. Uh, Let's go back in time a little bit. I mean, you're old. You may not remember, but let's go back in time a little bit. When you took this gig, what were you thinking? Like what? Like you took it like what was the aspiration? What was the goal? Was the goal? I can get at least a year or two under my belt. That would be good. That can help leap me into something else. Or what kind of was the goal when you took this thing? Cause obviously you love bowling. That's part of it. Yeah. You know,
2: well, that last thing you just said about leaping into something else, never ever even entered my mind. I mean, to me, what could be higher uh, in my mind to be able to have this kind of impact on the PBA because as you said, I, I love bowling. Maybe I love bowling in an unhealthy way almost. I mean, it's like that's what I want to do, you know. And so to be able to kind of without planning end up in that position just based on how my day-to-day was going and where I was trying to to uh, show influence uh, to end up in that position, uh, I had nothing uh, beyond trying to make that work. Um, And then the the goals, you know, as you say, they just shifted based on realities and based on what was happening in the world. And, you know, when you're in when you're involved with an organization as long as I have been now since I really came to work in bowling in 2005 for USBC. But then with the PBA in 2008, uh, you go through, you know, recessions or. Ownership changes or leadership changes or, uh, you know, the major partners of the organization, you know, as you know, is the is the media partnerships and trying to go through different stages of of that development. So your goals kind of shift, but always the goal was more people paying attention to PBA bowling, more money involved in PBA bowling, um, more respect for PBA bowlers and bowling. And when you have those goals as your drive as your driver, uh, especially from where it has had been, there's no time to think about the future or anything like that for your own personal self. I mean, my whole self was built on trying to make this organization great. And I really appreciate Rig saying that, but it really wasn't it wasn't just me. It was a, a pretty strong core of uh, of people who um, just woke up every day trying to figure out how to keep it alive, how to make it more viable how to be more attractive to uh, sponsors and media in order to, uh, to generate that respect and that money. And, and we were really successful in that we, kind of against all odds, landed with Fox, got the Fox sponsorship, You know, developed our live streaming to the point where we could partner with Flow, uh, brought the, the industry on board with Go Bowling and the BPAA, and put ourselves in position Uh, to be so strong that a bolero would come along which is a the perfect really sponsor of the pba and an owner to be able to develop new products and and take this thing to the next level so i feel like we've been successful but still nowhere near where when i look at the numbers and i I, all i see is potential for growth and uh and how are we going to get there
1: what's the goal then like where if i say okay tom in five years where do you want this tour to be? Because I would say right now, you may disagree, that I kind of compare it to NASCAR uh, to a certain degree. I would say WWE, but that's a little bit different than if writers can develop storylines. But NASCAR, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. retires. Jeff Gordon retires. The guys that carried that sport for so long go, and now they're trying to figure out who are those next stars of today. And you can't really predict who's going to Please. be the next star of today, and who's going to work with the fan base, and who the fan base is going to gravitate to, and who the bad guy is going to be. With a you know, uh, the bad guy everybody's going to root against, and the good guys everybody's going to root for. But what is the goal in five years? Where do you want this thing to be?
2: Well, you have to have more fans, you know. So you have to have more fans that are invested, that uh, demand more, um, that that help you. Um, with sponsorship, with uh, support, and with viewership. And so that's kind of where we've we've shifted some uh, attention to, you've noticed, this PBA League Bowler Certification Program. And it's a unique opportunity for us to directly connect with uh, currently about 200,000 people that bowl regularly in leagues, and we need to develop them as fans. And the more people that actually bowl – the more people will want to follow the PBA. So i have been able to kind of shift there. And I've always had that as a goal is larger audiences. How do you get that better TV deal, more national broadcasts. And so I think that we'll, we'll enter into a a new uh, agreement with Fox. It's not completely uh, done yet. So there's no announcement yet, but I'm very confident we're going to move into a new agreement with Fox. It'll be probably at least two years. And then after that, you know, the goal is to do so well in those two years with viewership, attention, relevancy, uh, prize money, uh, the kinds of fans and the kind of attention that that we want so that the next media deal after that will be larger and larger because that is the number one partner. If you want to get into the world of where you're going to compare us to NASCAR or golf or tennis, I mean. If we wanna be in those worlds, you have to have a much larger media um, rights fee and and demand. And that only comes from real value and real numbers that they all can see. So that's the goal, is to keep being more and more valuable to a media partners. And and then those media partners will wanna sell us themselves. I mean, they'll wanna make the money, they'll wanna make money themselves against the programming on their, on their networks and uh that that's it so it's just phil uh kind
1: of, yeah, yeah. phil's gonna ask you a question i got a real quick follow-up that i thought of while you were talking have the saudis reached out to you yet to start a competing
2: <laughs> yeah i thought no, that you know uh, you know that, that that's funny but you know it's it's you know we sort of had that at one point and and people under underrated you know in 2000 when the uh the microsoft guys bought the pba Yep. I and mean, they bought a PBA that was going to go bankrupt and was essentially going to go defunct and it was in debt and and they those guys who were dot com you know rich you know they're essentially the the saudi princes of america you know and uh, i don't want you know don't take that too far but you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean, from a, you know from a money standpoint and they came in and they said we're going to buy it we're going to cover that debt we're going to invest in this and they spent a lot of money i mean they spent you know, they, they went into arrears. It's not even, it's not even, uh, you know, secret. It was, it's it, it was like 30, $50 million that they invested in trying to grow the PBA and, and get it to a point where we could, you know, uh, try to maximize the value of, of the organization. And so we kind of had them, you know, and then, uh, and then with, uh, with Bolero, you know, it was interesting when after we had signed with Fox, Bolero was not involved with the PBA at that point, other than hosting a few events. And they started a, a series called the Bolero Elite Series using PBA players. And it was a similar uh, dynamic where the PBA had to decide. I had to decide, do we allow those players to take part in that in a different network with a different organization? Or do we freeze them out like the PGA Tour did to live and and my decision was to allow those players because the money was great and we couldn't deny them those opportunities um uh, in in the face of of Fox you know being involved in asking questions about that and so that I've been through a lot of uh, similar things just a few less zeros you know yeah. than the Saudis but uh yeah that's kind of pie in the sky stuff i've heard so many people say hey just write an email to saudi uh you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so is ping pong yeah. and uh, so is uh, race walking and shot putting and swimming <laughs> right. and, you know, skiing and uh, whatever. You know, probably not skiing in the sand, but, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, there's 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 so many times people that are really close to something like bowling um, believe that uh, things can happen that, that aren't really based in reality, you know, <laughs> so. I feel like we're really strong compared to so many other sports, and we talk about Olympic sports and wanting to be in the Olympics. And look at all the Olympic sports; most of them would would kill to have uh, the PBA's Fox deal, you know, and be on television for sixty hours a a year with high uh, impact, live, major championship competition. I mean, and so a lot of times we're always trying to punch up, and we and we do, and we want to be like the most established sports, but Got to remember, we're way ahead of a lot of sports that aspire to be like bowling.
3: Well, and along those lines, I mean, bowling has a worldwide reach. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's so many international players that come over to the U.S. to be on the PBA Tour. Uh, There used to be a big schedule of other, what used to be World Bowling Tour events that earned PBA titles. I know there's one this year with the Lucky Larson in Sweden coming up in the fall. Are there plans for the PBA to get back involved more worldwide or is it going to be really just a few a couple events like the lucky larson here and there and if you want to try your best in the world try against the best in the world you're gonna have to come to the u.s to do it
2: yeah it's back to being on the on the growth uh line you know areas where you can where we can expand and and sweden's the first one um but you know covid you hate using covid as an excuse Mm. for anything but that's certainly derailed our ability to want to travel more but now we're back you know now everything's back and so we can get back on that now where everything is p- with professional bowling internationally is a is a different uh debate and conversation but i think japan would be the first one that we'd love to get back in there and we still pba japan still exists they use our oil patterns they use our formats and they have a membership and that's uh it's still exciting to see and, and i love to see all their posts and and what they're doing there um, but we'd love to get a, a PBA tour event back in Japan as soon as possible, and then continue to and continue to take a look at those opportunities. And Sweden this year will be a great test. They're back; our guys are going to go over there and compete for a real PBA title. So, yeah. But I but that that reminds me of a of a scene I saw this year at uh, at the World Series. I mean, we've been trying to build the, the PBA tour to be attractive for everybody from around the world, and. And when you're doing that and and all the things we're doing, we're never able to do exactly what we want. And you kind of hear a lot of complaining and you hear criticism. And and there's a lot of, well, they should do this or they should do that. Or a player's mad about this or a player's mad about that. And you kind of start to drown in that. And the bowlers kind of drown in that. And then I'm at the World Series of Bowling. And it's a a TV show. It's a finals. And I see the two guys were sitting in the chairs ready to bowl. And I think it was Jesper against Santu, if I'm not mistaken in this guy from sweden and a guy from finland and they're sitting in the chairs ready to bowl and and i actually took a picture of it and i sent it to a couple friends and i said man the pba must be pretty good because these guys are giving up uh you know their lives to travel from sweden and finland and and all over the, uh, you know belmo is a good example from australia you know to be away from their families and compete at this level and uh, and it's still in, by far the highest level of bowling in the world and attracts the greatest players in the world. And we should be proud of that and remember that when we see people like that competing.
0: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
3: So let's say for the lucky Larson, Martin, obviously being a PBA player, easy to contact you and try to make the negotiations to get that to be a PBA tour title. Are there other tournaments? I mean, is it the, the tournaments should go to you at the PBA? You're not, or are you actively going out looking for, let's say, I know there's big events in Korea that pay 40 or $50,000 us for first place.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely have communications and contacts with all the top tournaments and the top tournament leaders. And, you know, if anything works where where that would make sense uh we would we would be able to to make deals that are not very difficult and not very um uh, confusing for anybody to follow like we could do with sweden yes it makes it easier with martin and we've been with sweet with that tournament before that that was on our schedule before so so that one's easy but uh i think you know the PBA and bowling is kind of an international language. They all watch us. They all watch everything on YouTube. They all know everything about the PBA. So it's really fun uh, dialogue to work with international um, tournaments and try to put something together. You have to make it attractive enough, though, that, you know, when you're when you're asking all the top players to travel to Korea, you know, it, it's got to be a, an attractive partnership uh, that works for, for them. And, and you have to consider uh, the players' uh Uh, potential for earnings and um and how it fits in their schedule uh
4: for the fans listening uh, to the show uh what's left for the 2023 season uh is there any shows left and then if we get the contract with fox next year i you're always um on being thanked by rob and randy for your ideas and your accomplishments uh saving the pba tour what's next for 2024
2: well, yeah, 2023, there's a lot of good stuff, actually. We're, this month, in a couple weeks, uh, June 24 and 25 is the PBA Tour Finals. That's the top eight players over the last two years. Uh, we're all going to Seattle. There's a casino, Angel of the Winds, near the, in the Seattle area. And um, every single minute from that tournament, the qualifying, the, the step ladders for each group, the finals are all live and all on CBS Sports Network, uh, June 24th and 25th. And that'll be, that's exciting. It's a PBA tour title event. Then we have uh, what I uh, an event that I think is really cool, the PBA Skill Ball Challenge, which is going to be in Detroit, back in the arena. And that's going to be the, eight top, the top eight players from this year's uh, uh, Bowl TV series of title events that we conducted. We kept points for those series alone. Those eight players will be at the Skill Ball Challenge. And in that event, every player uses the exact same ball. Nice. Uh, it's the Teen Masters Ball. It happens at the site of the Teen Masters, kicking off their event. So all the kids, the best youth bowlers in the world, will be there in the arena, which is really exciting place to to, to compete. It's going to be, you know, bittersweet this year because Tom Strobel, who was the uh, the, the mm-hmm. owner of Thunder Bowl, he passed away this this year. So hopefully we can we can dedicate that arena to Tom. It, it, it's definitely something that I'd love to do. Uh, but that's in July. Then you have the Lucky Larson. We still have the Lucy uh p pba pwba mixed doubles and then uh we have what people might have forgotten but part of this season and a big chunk of the prize money from this season is the pba league and the pba league with 10 teams five players on each team uh meets in portland maine in september this year we moved it from the summer months into the fall because uh, i think we're going to do better on tv with fs1 with that series of shows, which is always exciting and involves all the best players uh, in September. So there's a lot to go this year before 2024 starts.
1: You, uh, you chose to go in September against the NFL. That was a conscious decision that we well, didn't all we do the this already night. with ESPN and the NFL? <laughs> I, I thought we did this.
2: You know, we actually did pretty well. You know, that, that's, that's a whole other conversation, but uh, there's a lot of people watching TV uh, than the versus in the summer, especially ready to watch bowling. Bowling sure. season starts back up uh, in late August, early September, and you're starting with your league, and here's the PBA league. And I think – and also a lot of those shows will be on during the week uh, weeknights, which, of course, the NFL is branching out into that too. But who mm-hmm. wants to watch a bad Monday night game? You, we, Thank you. Yeah. So uh, – but, you know, don't worry. I'm not worried about the NFL uh, <laughs> during that time. I think we'll do fine
3: yeah, I, it was up by Charlie Mitchell a couple of weeks ago in Portland, and uh, for an event he had out there, and he's pumped up about the PBA League being there in the fall. He thinks it's going really going not just rejuvenate like the people watching on TV, but because everybody's getting back in their leagues at home and stuff like that. But he thinks it's it's he's going to rejuvenate his fans a little bit more That's too awesome. being yeah. there in the fall,
4: Tom, talk about the uh, LBC. I know this is something very important to you. This is your chance to talk about it. I was there for opening ceremonies you know, the words I used, I was so incredibly impressed with how you converted Bolero over to like tournament central, the vision that you had, um, changing Bolero around was so impressive. Talk about that. Are you happy with the numbers that you're getting so far? Where else can it improve?
2: Yeah. Again, it's not just, it's not just me. I mean, there's plenty, there's a, there's a good core group of people that, um, really put their heads together to build that tournament. And, um, uh, I think for a first year, it's, it's fantastic. Now, Uh, I, you know, the number of entries is up to around a thousand of people from all, these are all skill levels can come into Milwaukee and take part in this national championships event that's affiliated with the PBA league bowler certification program. And, and um, you know, handicap, women, seniors, scratch pros. um, And it's a singles event and you can opt into doubles and team. And so there's about a thousand entries. Uh, The areas where I, where I feel like there's a lot of area for growth are women's entries. There's only, there's only 31 women right now entered in women's scratch and the top three are going to make television and have a chance to bowl for $60,000. So, yeah. I mean, women should really get in as soon as possible. Into this you know,
4: one out of eight.
3: Yeah. yeah it's $5,000 guaranteed on top.
2: 5,000 guaranteed. Too. Yep. Yep. The, um, guaranteed in all the, in all the divisions, except for the open, the open divisions, 25,000 guaranteed. We have about 380 or 400 entries in that division right now. And that'll pay down like 50 spots. Uh, It's a great, it's a great event for the bowlers. I don't, I don't beg people to bowl to try to jump entries up or anything. I beg them to bowl because I, I, I respect them as people and I'm trying to give them advice, you know, bowl this (laughs) tournament. It's a great opportunity. And, And that's why the other area that I think could really do better is the Wisconsin bowlers. I mean, of those thousand, it's only about a hundred or 120 or so from Wisconsin. And I would have thought Wisconsin bowlers would have flooded this thing. So uh, yeah,
3: Chicagoland too. I've seen a couple, but I haven't seen a lot of people I thought I'd see so far.
2: Yeah. Illinois is up over a hundred too. So the, the people from the Midwest that, for years of complaint, well, I have to always travel out West to go to a national tournament. Hey, you can drive up and bowl this one. And so you have no excuse for this tournament. Uh, but I really, I, I really like how it feels over there at the building. You know, um, they, they certainly have turned to a, a sport mindset and, you know, even just the big pictures of Dick Weber and Norm Duke and, mm-hmm. um, and having that feel and was watching the videos of, of Norm Duke uh, bowling and having the trophy be the Duke. Uh, and then like this weekend, Sean Rash was there all weekend and being able to live stream it, have a television final, uh, telling everybody the oil pattern, uh, making it more making it fun to bowl. It's a very playable condition. You can kind of play your A game and now go at it and see how much you can post. And uh, I, I've been happy with the vibe in there for sure. I think I think it'll grow in, in the numbers of people uh, really fast.
3: You know, you mentioned growing the PBA as a whole, and I, I was covering a regional a couple of weeks ago in Lackport, Illinois and the number of young players like 25 and younger was amazing to see and it doesn't see, i i saw a couple of membership pushes on social media by the pba to to get more members are you surprised about how many young members have joined the pba over the last two years to you know that that want to chase the dream that want to be maybe the next ej tackett or anthony simonson if they keep working at their game uh, especially at the regional level and then move up
2: yeah i, I think we've Improved our connectivity with the young players. Um, PBA junior is a great step in that too. Another new thing that we started uh, in recent years and uh, is strong. Um, But I think that our presence in social media in you on YouTube um, has made us just part of the daily routine. And even the, the the PBA players like like a Hanrahan or Brad and Kyle and Belmo's gotten into it and all the guys that have started you know, communicating uh, better and better through social media or YouTube has uh, made it so the PBA is just part of the way that the, the great young players who are growing up uh, think about their progression. And we give them opportunities to compete, and then be in regionals. It's the best tournament, you know, program out there. And I saw the same one you did. I'm like, wow, this looks like a great college tournament. I mean, it was really young players, and and uh, there's a lot of young talent out there. And and seeing how their games have progressed and how they approach the game, it's not the same. I mean, I've been around a while, I've, and it's, it's, uh, it looks different, you know. And so we have to, uh, I mean, the two-hand bowling is, of course, one, one reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just the way they approach it from a, um, a winner's mentality um, and trying to get all they can, it's not just a show up and compete in a club mentality. It's a mentality of trying to make it to the top. And I think the young guys have a lot of that, and they've had a lot better experiences in competitive tournaments than uh, most generations coming up. I mean, and even just locally, like things like the Wisconsin Youth Bowlers Tour and the JBST, of course, Junior Gold and uh, and those events um, have, have really uh, kind of bridged the gap between being a decent youth bowler and being a tournament bowler that is thinking about joining the PBA. So I think there's a bright future there.
4: One of my favorite shows of the year definitely was the junior PBA. Um, Again, having a daughter that's into bowling, and she's a huge PBA fan, as you're aware. Um, That was one of my favorite shows. Uh, But at the same time, I I feel bad for what's going on with the PWBA um, that we wish we could get more of the young ladies like, let's say, uh, Bella Kane, Bella Love, or uh, Caitlin Stats that were on uh, the junior uh, PBA show. Uh, where they would have some kind of future for uh, PWBA or pro women's pro bowling. Uh, Your thoughts on PWBA.
2: Well, they keep chugging along. I mean, uh, you know, they keep, they have the best players out there. Um, They are trying to be on television as much as they can. It seems like it's a little bit more limited this year. Um, Bowl TV has become a, a, a home for, for that league. And, and the talent that you see out there, and the talent in college bowling in particular for women's bowling, um, is certainly strong enough. Uh, but you know they have a similar challenge that we have, and and um, you know, and and all of women's sports has have a constant uh, challenge, and and they get the right kind of attention and, and support and and uh, potential. But everybody needs audience. You know, you need people to show up. You need to be uh, gripping enough so that more and more people will demand your coverage and not to the PWBA or to the PBA but to networks. I mean when people when people write me and say, "Hey, this should be on Fox." Tell Fox. You know, mm-hmm. to tell me. You know, I know. I want everything to be on TV. <laughs> I want everything to be on TV. I mean, you don't have to tell me. You can help us by telling telling other networks, "Hey, you know, you're missing out on this, you know, and um so, you know, I think that they're, they're certainly have invested money, uh, the uh, the USBC and BPAA in trying to give the women uh, an aspirational model and a tour uh, of their own. And I think that's what the women want. And um, and so, you know, you just root for them and, and you hope everything goes well. Anytime we can cross over and do things together, definitely all all years. I mean, the uh, NASCAR event that we did this year is a good example. It was just a special event, but it had a wide audience because we went to Phoenix Raceway and we brought Kyle Troop and Yesper uh, from the PBA side, but we had Verity Crawley and Daria Pyo mm-hmm. on the women's side, and we give them a lot of great exposure in a in a celebrity event like that. Bella, we gave a lot of celebrity uh, exposure last year, and she made the most out of it. She's beaten Nelly and To and mm-hmm. and EJ Tackett in a in a clash format, and everybody got to know Bella and. So, uh, you know, we we will continue to try to figure out ways uh, to partner together and and give the women a platform as well. But they're they're doing a pretty good job of their own.
1: Uh, Tom Clark uh, joins us, PBA commissioner. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter once we get it figured out how to get him back on Twitter. Uh, Clark uh, PBA. I'm going to try my hand at this uh, and see if I can help him out. Uh, so. You you talked about the Fox thing. We talked about this with Jeff Riggles when we had him on the last uh, Spare Time Bowling Show, which you can download on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast add and check it on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. From time to time, we'll throw some video up there, too. Um, has there been any thought or talk uh, about picking up a streaming service uh, like a Peacock or a Max or something like that in partnership with Fox? I don't know if Fox would allow that as part of the deal or not, but you see with for instance, like women's soccer, they're all over the place. Oh, for the English version here, the Spanish version, you go here. And it's kind of all over the place. And a lot of these um, companies and, and sports leagues are starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I've told people, this is not, you know, bowl TV, where it's just the bowling dorks that know that it's alive. Now you're on a platform where you talked about with like the, the lack of women bowling. Well, now all of a sudden, uh, if you're now on, you know, Discovery Plus or whatever, and people are looking at HGTV or whatever else, now all of a sudden, okay, there's an option for the PBA tour or something. Now maybe you start to branch into a, a newer audience where you wouldn't right. be before.
2: Absolutely, yeah, that's always been there. I mean, we built our own originally with Extra Frame, and um, yep, and that was, uh, you know, to generate revenue. Um, and try to uh, monetize our fan base and and give them the kind of content they wanted and then that became valuable enough to sell it to a service kind of like you're talking about when we moved to flow you know and now you know partnering with Bowl tv was a was a good decision for this year and in um in giving the bowling fans a, a full package of all professional bowling uh together on one channel and not making them have to go Uh, to different ones to, to have to do a pay service. But um, certainly with you and and during the whole negotiations back in 2018, we talked to all of them and we had, we had interest from, from plenty Uh, and ESPN, uh, ESPN plus, uh, they were interested as well back then before we went to Fox You talk about Fox and what I'm not sure uh, it's become uh, it's crossed uh, into a greater awareness yet, but the, uh, what they, who they partner with a lot is Tubi, T-U-B-I. It's a great streaming service, similar to YouTube, but kind of a cross between, between YouTube and Netflix. And if you go on Tubi and search PBA, you'll see all of our shows and they're itemized really well and they're available to watch. And, um, you know, part of me hopes that, uh, <laughs> that's, that those shows get a lot of viewership on Tubi and people at Fox say, why are we getting this blip in uh, activity uh, on PBA bowling? And maybe we should uh, expand our content uh, there in the future. So that's, that's one of the, of the, the spots where you could point to, but yeah, they keep, they keep popping up. And, um, and then YouTube is always a, a viable option as well. You see, we're, we're streaming our PBA LBC championships with Phil on, uh, on youtube and that's for free and you can monetize that the holler house show that we did this year in milwaukee was was pretty awesome and that mm-hmm. thing has over one hundred and fifty thousand views by now on yeah. youtube so a lot of people have checked that out and and that one we we did uh, in order to to donate the uh, revenue to uh, the hall of fame in a partnership with the hall of fame so we're going to be able to write a nice check to the hall of fame just based on the free uh, viewership of that on YouTube. So we can try to develop there more, but of course that's all part of the goal you asked me about to start this call, which is, what do you want? What are you trying to do? Raise more audience, more revenue from media partners. And uh, so that's what you're constantly looking at.
1: That holler house thing that you did was obviously awesome. And being here local with it, we obviously all know about it. And I got, uh, I, this is what I do, these these ideas, and I throw them at you, and then you laugh at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, but but has there been any thought about trying to make that a thing where, you know, each mm-hmm. season, maybe you pick another old school, like, bowling lane somewhere else in the country that has a similar setup, like the Holler House, and, and take the PBA Falcon on the Bowl. road. to Bowl. Yeah, but you're going local here. I'm trying oh, to get out of Wisconsin. You know, somewhere where, you know, they have a similar type setup like the Holler house uh, mm-hmm. and, and kind of taking it on the road to somewhere else.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a few like that. Wisconsin is unique in that we have probably the most, you know, places like that in in mm-hmm. the state, but nationally there are, there are a few like that and that the concept and, you know, you know, who's actually a big proponent of the concept is Rob stone. Uh, and he loved his visit to the Holler house so much that, you know, so I was been trying to figure out how to get uh, a field of dreams, you know, type of event like you're talking about annually on the PBA schedule lanes of dreams, you know, and go back. There you go. You know, the Holler House, though, maybe. And that's why we, you know, I thought of the idea of, well, let's do this U.S. world and let's make it matter and bring these great players into this uh, this location, which is the oldest certified lanes in the country. And, uh, and they've never had that kind of competition in that building on those lanes. And and let's do it here and prove the concept so we can take it to the next level and say, now, can we do a TV show in here? We, we'd, we'd be able to fit cameras in the right spots and have the right kind of uh, coverage of, of an event uh, in this type of, a, of an area where we could say, yeah, this is our Field of Dreams show every year. And it becomes a staple of the season. I'd love it. Um and uh, I think it would be great. I'd love to get back into a wood house. Uh, I think wood lanes just sounds better on TV. I'm mean, sure, you know, wish to go back to that. So, um, no, it's a great idea. And I know you're a Rob Stone fan and uh, you and Rob think alike on a lot of this stuff. I, and I'm saying that in a positive way. I mean, you know, and he's always trying to think about ways to develop, uh, you know, followings and fan interaction. Uh, and how can we do better in those areas? And, and that's one of them.
1: I'll tell you another one that I got, but I don't know who would do it. Maybe this Dan Nat guy who uh, has three bowling lanes here locally now that we had on a spare time bowling show, somebody, somebody that's really smart and actually has some success needs to like get somebody to, to buy into like bowling impossible. Like you have restaurant impossible. You have bar rescue. You have one on hotels and everything else. Somebody that goes in gets $10,000 to kind of reshape and refix and rebrand a bowling alley over the course of, you know, three days or something like that and go but it's gotta be something proven i don't know who that is in this country i don't know enough uh guys that do that but that also would be something fun if you could partner up with somebody like that he's laughing at me already <laughs> no, no no
2: i'm not i'm not i'm just thinking the first thing i'm thinking is you know bolero owns the pba and and that's kind of what one of the things they pride themselves on is but they they you know pick up bowling centers and and then you know they come in with their design and figure out how, how they're going to make them look different or work differently for their business. And it depends on which place and some places they've given more attention to, to others at this point, but they've got 350 centers. So, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to do. And there's a lot of ways they can, they can move in that way, but they, they have those people. And then we have a guy in, in Wisconsin also who's just really good at revamping uh, Gary Deroshevsky. Oh Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's an expert. He's he's a guy you'd call and say, hey, we want to touch up this small bowling center and how would you do it? And, you know, he's really good at it. So that's a cool show for sure.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it would be something else. Last yeah. one, um, and another idea that I have that I brought up to Riggles. So in the sports media world, there's this guy, Jason Barrett, and he's a, a sports radio consultant type deal, right? And uh, he designed and came up with this idea a few years ago to have this huge like conference that he kind of puts on and he rotates cities throughout the year. And he brings in different speakers, whether it be sports talk show hosts, program directors, TV guys. This year, I think he had Rome, Cowherd, all these guys in. You spend however much money, and then you can go in, network with these people. If you're a sports fan, go in and listen to these guys talk, the whole deal, hotel. And it's a huge thing for the sports talk industry every year. Now, this year, I want to say he's having his first news talk one because he branched off and started a news talk side uh, as well. And I started thinking about this last week when we had Jeff Reels. I'm like, man, from a bowling perspective, how cool would that be if you could do something along that where you have bowling profiteers that are in the top you know, three or four that are in? If you have some of the PBA bowlers that are in, they're doing autograph signings, you know, throughout, you know, a 48 hour period, wherever the case may be. And you have all these different angles. You have guys in from Fox talking about bowling on Fox and that type of deal. And announcers, Rob Stone would draw a huge crowd by Rob Stone Absolutely. being there and talking about a and a with Rob Stone and stuff like that. Him and Randy Peterson, I think, could put on a fun show over the course of time. And Jeff brought up, well, Bowl Expo. Yeah, but that's nerdy, kind of. I don't I don't want that necessarily. I want it to be more of a show, a fun experience where fans are like, dude, this sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Like all these different people are going to be there and we can hear and we can bring up these different things and Bowling Profiteers, same type of deal of going there and getting ideas from other people that are in different areas of the country to learn what they're doing that's making their little Bowling Center work with all due respect to Bolero. I mean, they're kind of like – the top of the mountain, right? And I got all these small little Joes that I'm trying to figure out how to help them survive. When I brought that up earlier about Bowling Impossible, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. They buy it and then do what they want with it. Okay, fine. But what these guys are doing is they're going to ma and pa restaurants in little towns all over the country and helping them survive and get past it. And especially coming off of COVID, that was a big thing for those industries uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you would ever consider? I mean, in my mind, South Point would be somewhere where that would make a lot of sense, where you have a ton of room. It's Vegas, a tourist destination where people could go um, and have a vacation and be able to take part in this type of deal. You know, you charge, I don't know, $150, $200 for a ticket for coverage of two days or whatever the case is.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think Riggs gave you a good answer, though, about Bowl Expo. I mean, I think that that's – have you ever been to Bowl Expo? Sparky,
1: uh, no, I have not. No,
2: well, you're calling them all nerds, and I don't know. I mean, (laughs) nerds, yeah, I'm not retracting it either. Go ahead. And you called all the people that uh, watch Bull TV dorks, so I mean, you <laughs> called me a nerd. And dorks, a dork yes. On this call.
1: Correct. So, <laughs> we're trying to get away from the people that listen to this podcast and expand. Yeah, yeah for you sure. know, besides that, that's what we're for trying
2: sure. to do. But they, they are pretty good at things like that at Bull Expo, honestly. I mean, that's kind of what most of those proprietors go for is to is to get that kind of advice and help. And but you're talking about almost like a PBA experience with it, and correct. Um, and I think that. You know the PBA League Bowler Certification Program, and I'm you're bringing this up, and it's just making me think. But I think that that program, when it gets to the stage where it uh, where it goes outside of just Bolero centers and other centers are are able to come on board, and their league bowlers can become certified, um, and they become just kind of part of this communication uh, that we have with them. Now you're you're setting up a chance to uh, bring value to them through this kind of coaching or event and it also is so when you're charging them to be part of this program that might be something they get out of it and you're you're talking about the pba having kind of its own little bowl expo like bowl, bowl fest
1: or something like that bowl
2: fest, you know that brings in the and and you bring in the the legends of the game that punch it out punch it up and you bring in the the people that we've worked with to help the sport side of bowling and the competitive side of bowling thrive, and how to set up leagues like that, and how to set up tournaments like that, and you can have the best. That's a, I think it's a great idea. And uh, I mean,
1: think about it. Give Chuck Gardner a microphone for twenty minutes and just let him go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look Q and A with Chuck Gardner. Oh yeah. my God, like mm-hmm. it would
2: be a blast. It would be unbelievable. Well, and he does, you know, he does that, but he's the one touring. So you're talking right. about bringing people to him. And he he's right now, he goes out on the road and and represents Brunswick and represents his youth program and his scholarship program. And he and he he gets those few minutes and he gets to talk to everybody in the room that's interested in bowling. And so, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of passionate people in the sport that try to do all the things you say. No, I I don't ever laugh at any idea you have because you're just like them. (laughs) You you guys do. I've
1: been at breakfast (laughs) with you. Don't lie to me. (laughs) Go ahead.
2: But uh, but it's you know, that kind of, uh, interest and passion for growth is great to have involved. Sometimes I think that all of those people, um, need to rally around what exists a little bit more than always thinking. We always have to start something new. You know, there's enough that's there now, you know, Mm -hmm. that if we could get everybody to not just pick at that, but instead get behind that, um, while listening to the picking and believe me i listen to everything i try to tweak all the time try to get better 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 and uh and and that comes from the fans and the people who care you know so it's not like you're not allowed to speak but get behind you know the other stuff like you guys do you talk about the pba that helps now at the same breath wow they should do this and they should do this and they should do that that's all fine that's all great but uh but definitely you know like a bowl expo okay if that exists then we should try to maybe partner with that to do what you're saying within the PBA LBC. And maybe that's the next step. And, um, and now you've, you've cut down on the expenses for people because they can do one thing they already know they have to do and they do this within it, or, you know, that's how things like that can, can work, I think, in our environment.
1: That's a good idea. So you're going to partner Bowl Fest with this national tournament. Yeah,
2: I think. See, Tom's
1: on it. We're going to have Bowl Fest at American <laughs> oh, yeah, Family Field. Here we go. Yeah, remember, remember when we figured did it bowl out in one, one remember conversation. We did
2: bowl- <laughs> remember we did Bowl Fest as part of the Masters when we ran the yep. Masters at, yes. at uh, USBC and and we uh, did it at Miller Park, and right. it was awesome. It was a great uh, exposure for all of the brands that support bowling and fun for the kids and. You know a great concept uh, you know um you know a guy like mike J was heavily involved with that yep. and having him still involved with bowling is important for for all of those things and you know you just got to have more you got more people so that the the big money that's involved with marketing and providing that kind of an event and service um is isn't a loss so you start yeah. from there it's either it comes from a sponsor comes from uh, and, and that's where I'm hoping that this uh, league bowler certification can can grow for us and create a greater revenue stream from from league bowlers having fun in leagues and bowling in tournaments that are under this umbrella that would in in exchange help the PBA help the PBA bowlers become have more notoriety because like I've always said and will always say if you know the players and you care who wins, Bowling is about as exciting a sport as any to watch. Agreed. Yesterday, you know, we love Lenny Boris, right? Yep. Because we're from Wisconsin. He PBA drills my 50, bowling yeah. balls. I take my ball to him, you know, when I'm not going to Dwight's. And, <laughs> Good and comment. Him, when, I, when I go to see Lenny, you know, and, and want to talk to him about the senior tour and you go into his shop, you know, you love the guy. And mm-hmm. he was bowling yesterday in the senior master's final. And when he's bowling, you can I can feel my fingers, you know, almost shaking because you feel uh, the the nerves and you feel what he has to do to defeat this great player John Janowitz and win mm-hmm. a major title. And it's just shot for shot, and those guys are all alone up there on the approach, and that is gripping television. But if I didn't know Lenny and I don't know uh, and I had no rooting interest, you know, it's possible I'm just watching for the hell of it. Or, you know, you better hope you, you have somebody watching who could bet on it, which is why we get strong into gambling. Because if you care who wins bowling, the twists, the turns, the luck. I mean, you could throw a perfect shot. me throw a perfect shot, stone eight. Yeah. And then he missed it. And he lost the match. And it was tragic. But you feel tragedy. I'm back for the next time. I mean, you want to feel victory. You want to feel tragedy. And you feel that stuff when you lose a bet or when you care about who wins. So the more and more people who like or dislike like you were talking about earlier with wrestling, they fake yep. it. I mean they fake it, you know. So yep. they they fake it. We don't have to fake it. We don't have to, <laughs> No doubt. We just, we just have to introduce people to these players and if they love EJ and they don't like Belmo, then mm-hmm. you tell me that that world championship match Right it happened right here at Bolero Wauwatosa at the World Series wasn't the greatest thing you ever watched.
1: It was. Yeah, no doubt about it. He is Tom Clark, commissioner of the PBA Tour, uh, and again, just uh, done great stuff. On the next uh, Spare Time Bowling Show podcast, we're going to say we're going to debate who really is the best commissioner uh, to come out of Wisconsin. <laughs> is it Bud Seelig or is it Tom Clark? We'll discuss that coming up on the next one. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Have a good one.